Olympics, beating the world champions and the Six Nations, of course, on this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Wales attack coach Stephen Jones is excited about getting his rugby philosophy across. It will take time, but we're unfortunate. We've got elite players, brilliant players, driven players, growth-minded players, absorbing all the ideas and concepts, and that's what you want. Three Wales women in the wider squad competing for the Team GB Olympic sevens places, while Jazz Joyce has the chance to go for a second time. I get emotional thinking about it, but the chance to actually get given the opportunity to go to an Olympic Games again, I think is amazing, and I can't wait to have that opportunity. Wales under-20s beat world champions France. Yeah, boys were excellent. The conditions obviously came in, and you know that was a factor that the boys managed it really well. Chester under-20s coach Gareth Williams will hear from him and several of the players from that victory in Colwyn Bay, as well as all three Wales women potential Olympians. But we'll start with the news following Wales's narrow defeat to France at the Principality Stadium. Attack coach Stephen Jones started his briefing with the latest news on wing George North. George is going through the protocols, the same as Dan did. Um, obviously, we've got elite medical staff who are looking after him, making sure he ticks every box, and um, he's doing very, very well. Obviously, he's well documented. George had concussion, I think, four years ago. Uh, he's doing well with our medical squad, and he's in a good place. He's ticking every box, and uh, he's going down the correct path, and uh, he's in good spirits as well. Liam Williams, is he likely to be available? Uh, Liam's training with us, uh, which is great. He's getting a volume into it. He's working week, uh, which is excellent, and uh, certainly nice to have him on the on the training paddock with us and the bubbly character that he is. The situation with Liam is that, and the same for Josh Navidi, is that they're in our environment, they're working hard with us. They're getting the reps that's needed, the load that's needed to make them uh, available for selection. So hopefully they can take every box along the way and they can put their hand up for selection. We've lost Josh, as you know. We've got guys training with us who are good attacking threats, different styles of play. You know, people like Johnny Mack, you know, we know he's good on the ball and uh, likes lots of touches and happy to take defenders on. So we've got some options in the backfield. What about England then? Yeah, I think you look at the last game against Ireland, it was impressive in fairness to them. Very physical, as we know, we bring a huge amount of line speed. So from an attack perspective, you know, we've got to make sure we embrace that and enjoy that challenge. We've got to make sure that we have quick ball to play against them and you know, there's an opportunity there for us. But uh, give England credit for the way they played uh, last week. What we've got to make sure is that when we get the opportunity to play and, and move ball on our terms, uh, that we do so. Because we're going up there, we respect the way they play and the way they want to defend. And we just got to make sure that we're smart in that, how we play against that defence. But the uh, key is that whatever attacking options you take onto the pitch, I think the key is you don't have too many components or too many variables in the sense you might uh, look to take the number of passes away from certain moves, making sure your options are playing front line, back line, you know, and keep it simple. That is always the best. Way. I think the simple things done well is, is the way to go, if I'm honest. Obviously, the, the tournaments won't finish on time, if you like, because of uh, health issues in Italy. How does that affect the whole tournament, do you think, when, unless France goes through the cards? We might not have a, a definite winner come the end of round five? From our end, all we can control is making sure we prepare well for England. And as simple as that, we go England and Scotland to go. we just got to make sure that we get our house in order and that we're ready to go and uh, make sure we improve our performances. And that's all we can focus on. Yeah. Steve, how would you assess the attacking game that you're know, trying to implement this game? How would you, how would you assess how it's gone? Uh, 
I think that, you know, the positive is we've created opportunities. Yes, we haven't converted as many as what we've liked. But the positive is we're creating like threes and twos, twos and ones, where we just need to tidy up our conversion rate and uh, I'd be happy. But don't get me wrong, we've we still got work to do and uh, I'm enjoying that and looking forward to that. As coaches, you, you're obviously dealing with all the facts and you know exactly where you want to get to and how you evolve to get there is key, isn't it? Do you know I mean? And it will take time, but we're unfortunate i got elite players, brilliant players, driven players, growth-minded players, absorbing all the ideas and concepts, and that's what you want. That's the exciting part. And it was certainly exciting against France, despite the eventual defeat. One person credited with a huge role for France was former Wales defence coach Sean Edwards. After the game, he spoke to the Welsh press. Uh, strange experience walking into the away dressing room for once. Well, yeah, everyone was telling me, um, particularly for the captain's run the day before, that um, remember to go in the right dressing room. I, I honestly took one step in the run uh, towards uh, the Welsh run. I took one step, but then I remembered and returned, obviously. But uh, I thought it was a fantastic advert for the game and for the Six Nations. Played in a good spirit, well refereed, and um, quite an epic encounter, really. And the way you repelled all those Welsh attacks. There was a certain inevitability, wasn't it, that they'd get done over by a Sean Edwards drill defence? Well, I don't know about that because um, Wales's attack was, um, you know, is very potent. You know, we've seen that in the, in the previous games, etc. So um, all the credit goes to the players. They, uh, you know, they dug really deep and, and they had to do because they're playing at the Champions. You've got to remember this team we played today. They've only lost two games in two years. If you take away the third, fourth playoff against New Zealand, we're playing about high-quality opponents on their own ground. So we had to pull something special out. That was an amazing defence in the last five minutes of the first half. What did you say to the players half-time? Well, it was more of a let just getting the breast back, really. I honestly believe it that it scored there. I think that Wales would have won the game. It, it, it was tough defence, though. We, we, we hung on them very well. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Wales women and the big news this week that three Welsh players are in the wider squad training towards being part of Team GB at this summer's Olympics. Jazz Joyce went to Rio last time of course, this time she's joined in the training squad by scrum half Kira Bevan and back Hannah Jones. A chance now to hear from all three. Jasmine Joyce, wing, I play for Wales. Oh it's amazing and I think after go into it three years ago or four years ago to actually be named in it again I think yeah, it's awesome and I get emotional thinking about it but the, the chance to actually get given the opportunity to go to an Olympic Games again I think is amazing and I can't wait to have the opportunity. What was it like then in, in Rio? What are your overriding memories of that first experience for pay, playing uh, Team GB7s? Oh, it was yeah, an, an real experience. I think walking into an athlete's village and walking around with some of the world-class athletes in all different sports but one of the main things I can remember is scoring my first try in Olympic Games and actually knowing that my family and my granddad was in the crowd as well. And it was, yeah, an amazing achievement and I loved it. You really were very, very strong and obviously you yourself had a fantastic tournament. It was amazing and the first thing I thought about then was actually us coming fourth and maybe not the result we wanted, especially with the England girls having done so well leading up to it. But fourth is in Olympic Games is still an amazing achievement for all of us as well. And the first time that... Rugby Sevens was in the Olympic Games and for us to be part of that squad is just something that you're never going to forget regardless of where you actually finished so yeah I just keep thinking back to I'm an Olympian. (laughs) 
how much do you want to go one better if you were lucky enough and, and, and well fortunate enough to be picked next time around oh yeah amazing I think that's always in the back of your mind thinking about going to any tournament whether you're playing for Wales or your club anything at all but actually getting a medal in an Olympic Games would be the, the next step actually of getting to Olympic Games and then actually getting bronze silver or gold would be oh, I can't even begin to imagine what it would feel like how do you feel about your, your game, I suppose, particularly when it comes to that sevens format? Oh, yeah, I've improved as a player massively. If we only had two or three months to actually prepare four years ago, I was nowhere near getting that jersey to actually go to Rio. But having the opportunity to play with world-class players, the English girls and some of the Scottish girls coming in and having that year to train with them, my game developed, my athleticism developed as a, as a person and as a player and it gave me a fantastic building block then to actually make the team and I can't thank the coaches and actually the players around me enough for well, allowing me to, to achieve my dream essentially. But selection this round is going to be so tough. A squad of 24 obviously has been announced, but only 13 go to the games. How do you feel about the prospects of what is going to be a really intense selection process, I'm sure? Oh, yeah, selection is going to be absolutely massive this time round and I think there's a lot more Scottish girls come through and more Welsh come, girls come through and England are doing well at the moment as well. And actually thinking about people in my position, I'm thinking, oh my God, like there's so much competition, but it'll make us all better players and actually make the standard in training and actually make us better people and players at the end of it. So I love a bit of competition as well. So it'll push me harder and I'm sure it'll push the other girls harder as well. And you've got three camps coming up over the next couple of months. How excited are you to get going with those and to start you know, mingling with the squad again? I can't wait. Yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing. Getting to know the girls and going to Scotland now on Wednesday. I can't wait. I'm absolutely buzzing. <laughs> What is so different, what's so special about when it becomes that, that Team GB sort of brand as it is and, and you go to an Olympic Games, how, how different does it, does it feel for you? Yeah, it is different as well. You compete against these girls in Six Nations, in Sevens, and then actually you come together as, as a squad. But four years ago, it was, it was fantastic. And to get to know the girls, like I'm still friends with all of them now. And it's just amazing to get to know people off the pitch as well. As, people rather than just the players so yeah it's going to be exciting like we've played against them now for the last three years and, and to come together as potentially one squad is going to be yeah it's awesome and get to know people a bit more as well. You've still got to, to fund a living yourself I mean life must be incredibly busy <laughs> at times. Yeah it's absolutely mad at the moment um, I'm working in David Lloyd in Swansea and they're fantastic as well and I work early in the morning so have to get there for half five then don't finish some days till five in the afternoon as well then got to prep my meals, come to training, but I love it. Like, I love being busy and the thought of having to plan my day, I enjoy it. I'm managing my life well at the moment and putting myself in the best position possible to, to make that team. So Hannah Jones, congratulations on the wider training squad for Team GB. How does that sound? Thank you very much. Got to pinch me, really. Never thought I'd see my name on that list, so it's very exciting times ahead. And just going to take each camp as it comes. You know, myself, Jazz, and Kira going, so it'd be nice for a little group of the Welsh girls going up. So I can't wait. Yeah, training camp in Scotland this weekend. I mean, was this part of your thinking when you went to Australia back in August? Were you thinking you'd like to develop your sevens game? 
Yeah, it was always in the back of our heads. Obviously, Jazz has been to Olympics before, so she would talk about it and she knew what we needed to do to get better. So we all kind of got together and thought, what should we do after we finish in Wales 7? Should we move away and try to develop our skills elsewhere, play against different players? Obviously, in the Aon League, we come up against some of the Australia girls who play on the series. So I thought, yeah, it was the best chance for us to develop our skills. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. We were full-time trained nearly every day, played every weekend and recovered properly and yeah. So looking ahead, there's a couple of camps now, one in each country, Scotland this weekend, then Wales and England. You'll meet up with the rest of the wider squad up in Scotland, England players, Scotland. Um, You might still come up against some of them in Six Nations against Scotland in particular. Are you looking forward to that, kind of like testing each other for the final places? Yeah, definitely. Like I said, it's um, work each camp. Um, there's some big names on, on that list. They play on the World Series. It'd be great to learn off them, see where I'm at with the professionals. And obviously, if selected in the Six Nations up against Scotland, it'd be great to, to see where I'm at against those goals as well. You know, I'm really competitive, so I'm going to give it my best go. And obviously, you'll meet up with the coaches as well this weekend. But in terms of the programme here and integrated sevens and fifteens programme. You learn a lot from Ollie as well? Yeah, I think um Ollie's a great contribution to the team. You know, having fresh face, new drills, new skills, the kinds of motivates you to like try and press a new coach. So yeah, I think it's a um, great contribution to the team. All the best. Thank you. Congratulations, Kira. Part of the extended GB7 squad. Exciting? Yeah, really exciting. Obviously, there's a lot of hard work to be done between now and July, but um, yeah, just going to keep my head down and see what I can do, really. If it happens, it happens. But yeah, I'm going to really try and push for a spot now, hopefully. Was it at the back of your mind at all? I mean, you've played sevens before, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah, I knew there could have been a, you know, a small chance that, that I would be asked. But for me, you know, 15s was my focus in November and um, I've just kind of kept my head down and concentrated on that. And then Scott Forrest gave me a phone call early in January and kind of asked if I'd be interested. And I think it would just be silly to turn down such an amazing opportunity, really. Obviously, there's a lot of competition in the squad. Mm -hmm. How are you looking at that now going into this first camp? Yeah, obviously the competition's only going to be beneficial, I think. You know, England have a great core squad as it is and, and Scotland have got some really strong girls that are involved as well. So, yeah, it's only going to better everyone, I think. The higher the competition, the more beneficial everything's going to be and the, and the more chance we have of actually getting a medal potentially in Tokyo. So, yeah, it's all, all positive stuff, really. And in terms of the Six Nations, obviously three games down, looking forward to England and Scotland to keep working really on on everything as you move to the World Cup next year? Yeah, you know, we haven't had had the best of starts, I think it's fair to say, during the campaign, but we're just trying to, you know, pick out all the positives we can from the, the three performances that we've had. And like we keep saying, you know, we are building towards 2021. So I think next weekend now um, we have an opportunity to test ourselves against some of the best players in the world with England and we're going to push it, I think. And yeah, you know, Scotland, we will be targeting that as hopefully a, a victory for us. But between us and Scotland, so it was a really close game. I mean, you only have to look at previous results in the campaign to see that. But yeah, we're going to really look to push and finish on a high. And there was some good support again on Sunday for the team. Hopefully, Scotland game, you have the same kind of mm. support or more and yeah. to lift you in that last game. 
Yeah, the support uh, we've we've had at Cardiff Arms Park for the two home games so far has been amazing, and um, I don't think the crowd realised how much that actually helps. So yeah, hopefully now when we play Scotland at Cardiff Arms Park, you know we'll get a big crowd behind us that can push us on. Talk to me about where we are today and what this place means to you. Yeah, so we're at, um, at Ponte de Lice RFC, which is uh, my local rugby club. I grew up in Ponte de Lice, so um, it's always been really close to my heart, this place. And I know I played club rugby here when I, when I was young. So, um, yes, yeah, really special, and, and the people here are really special as well. A lot of support from the club and from your friends and family, mm. importantly, as well. What do they mean to you? Yeah, the support I've had throughout my rugby career has, has been amazing, you know, from Ponte de Lice and, and, you know, the likes of my, my mum and my dad, family and friends and stuff has been amazing and I can't thank them enough, really, because I wouldn't be where I was if it wasn't for my parents, especially. Your dad played and mm. um, they're two of the team's biggest supporters. What kind of influence have they had on your game, but also then, you know, great to have the support? Yeah, you know, my dad's one of them people, he's my biggest fan and my biggest critic, really. Um, if I don't have my best game, he's the first one to tell me, I think. And um, But also I know when I've played well because he's, he's the first one to congratulate me and um, it means a lot about how supportive they are and I know that if I do need anything, even you know rugby or non-rugby related, I know that I can count on, on my mum and dad, yeah. Brilliant. All the best for this week and for the rest of Six Nations. Thank you very much. And good luck to all of them in training. It'd be great to see all three make it to Tokyo. Only Kira Bevan was in the side which lost to the semi-professionals of France at the Arms Park on Sunday. After the game, what was the mood of Captain Shuan Lillycrap? This might come to a shock to people, you know, listening in, but positive. They are semi-professional side. They are top three side in the world, and that's for a reason, you know. They're big, athletic, strong side. But when we reflect and look at the game, we fronted up, especially first 20, we dominated a lot of possession. Um, And when actually we analysed the game, how many tries they scored, maybe of our attacking mistakes, was probably quite high. That's something we can correct. And if we take our opportunities, we're in a different place. I keep reminding myself we're on this journey and we're a young squad and we're building towards the next World Cup and beyond. And we look at our average age of the squad, it's, it's young but they fronted up physically today. And that's something you can't coach. And we've got uh, a big two weeks of prep ahead now. And I'm looking forward to the next encounter day, you know, against England. We want to be up with the best in the world, but we've got to play them and, and learn those lessons. And there was lessons learnt today. But for me, there's things that we can fix in training. You know, it's not... I know it's a big scoreline, but we've just got to treasure the ball more. Young players really stood up today in, in the physicality of the game. So... Um, is a good shift. France took their chances. I think um, there was a few overlaps in the first half where you looked like you were in, so just need to be more clinical. Uh, yeah, that, that's spot on. We absolutely need to be more clinical. And the, I think the exciting thing is, if we review, there's opportunities out there to take. So we're creating opportunities. Just next step is actually taking them. So, you know, hopefully on the journey that we're on over this campaign, we'll see us taking those opportunities that we're creating and keeping our physicality and our defensive work. And, you know, Maybe another work on then is we lose ball, we maybe don't treasure the ball as well as we could, but then how we kill the play and, and scramble back and not allow them to counter-attack. And you know, France's counter-attack was superb. They move the ball really well, don't they? And they get to edges really well and they vary their game as well. You know, their kicking game, they really use that wind second half and, and pinned us down in areas. So extremely proud of the girls and the journey that we're on you know we need to stick tight we need to keep working hard stay as a, as a collective group and 
Oh yeah, I'm excited for England. It could easily have been something like 12-10 at half-time, couldn't it? It is about taking those opportunities and finishing them. There was a lot of good close work, but it's... They were sharper in terms of getting the ball out wide, weren't they? Oh, yeah, spot on. You know, um, it could have easily been 12-10. Two of the three tries were probably from our mistakes. Then they had one pen and a, crossfield, a great crossfield kick and executed it superbly, you know. But but I think there was at least two opportunities we had out there. Maybe ball not gone to hand. But if we'd taken those opportunities, the pressure's on them then, you know, the, the top three side in the world. And to go to the next level, that's what we've got to do. I'm sure once one or two start sticking will be in a different place. You know, sometimes it's, it's a mentality and a confidence thing, almost like a panic mode. Oh my God, we've created this opportunity. One pass to finish it off. That's something fixable. I think as soon as we've got one, then I'm, I'm sure the rest will come. So I hope that happens this campaign and, and we take those chances this campaign and you know, you'll see a different look well side then. It's not a level playing field between England and France and yourselves, but do you think there is progress towards the point where actually you're competing on, on even terms and how? It was a good atmosphere out there, but they'd have been playing in front of 20,000 if it was at home, and that's part of the levelling up that playing field as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, the only thing that we're concentrating on players is really ourselves and, and what we can bring to the table and what we can do. We're part of the performance department now. We're having more resources. We're learning lots from Chris Horseman, Garrett Lewis and Gareth Wired. We're working hard, and I think the next step for us is to actually get our performances and then we can come knocking on the door for, you know, what's our next step. But as players, we've got to put in those full-rounded performances. We concentrate on our, ourselves and how hard we're working and, you know, what we can bring to the table. And I'm extremely proud of this group and in the way that they conduct themselves, the way that we work for each other and the want and desire to get better as a nation. The more crowd that we can get here, the better. That really does help. There's a great crowd here today, 2,000 I, I just heard. You know, if, if that can go up to three, four, five, if you you know, Red Roses have, have sold out 5,000, that's fantastic. The nation's getting behind them. Hopefully, as we keep building as a nation and we keep working hard and we can put in performances that the nation want to come and see, more and more people get behind us in Wales. And there were several positives in the performance against France. The scoreline reflected the way the two teams took their chances, not the way they created them. However... There was a different Welsh performance against France where they did take their chances, and that was the under-20s, a momentous win against the world champions at this level. Graham Gillespie was in a windy Colwyn Bay to witness the occasion and speak afterwards with the winners. Gareth, congratulations on a fantastic win. Yeah, it's the game, fair play. The few lessons from the Irish game and the Italian game, to be honest, which uh, we're looking to capitalise on. And yeah, boys were excellent. The conditions obviously came in, and you know that was a factor. But the boys managed it really well. Just to, we spoke a lot, especially in the conditions, mm. about put, you know exerting pressure onto uh, France. You know, great work by Jack Morgan in taking advantage of the error that they made, and boys finished it well. So um, that was the type of uh, night it was. But mm. we did take advantage of it. Yeah, it was always going to be one of those nights, wasn't it? The team who made the less mistakes was. Uh going to come through and that certainly was the case tonight for your boys yeah definitely there's probably something um, in the first two games uh, Italy and Ireland did much better than us you know um, it may not be what everybody wants to watch but there's that element mm. of getting the ball into their territory and pressurising teams then when um, we get there so yeah chuffed to the boys um, to deliver that to be fair 
coaches who worked hard as well during this initial phase and uh, well earned for you know Rich Kelly's a great performance by the pack and for getting Jenkins and uh, Richard Fussell uh, with the boys who put a great shift in. How important was it just before <clears> half time <throat> I saw you stalking the dead ball area when the boys were like four or five scrums five metres out they repelled them one after the other how important was it to repel them and come in at half time ahead against yeah, the wind? Huge sign of character there I think you know I, was, I, I thought half time was going to be blown about six minutes before so yeah there was um, a real good shift to come out there because they were really pressurising our scrum and um, they were probably disappointed in the first half. A couple of the decisions for penalties which mm. you know, gave them their six points um, I thought were quite harsh. But no, there was great character to defend in that last eight minutes. Yeah, because <clears> the boys game management better. They certainly did that in that second half, didn't they? Yeah, it was good. Even going into that last 90 seconds, I think there was an element where we probably overplayed mm. and they got a the penalty then which gave them a chance. But these conditions is really difficult for them to build any momentum so still elements we've got to move our game forward again from yeah. uh, that but it's always nice to do that uh, off the back of a win now what does this mean to the group as the players and for you guys as coaches you've just beaten the world champions yeah we won't get carried away with it it's oh, come um on. <laughs> come on. No, no not at all <laughs> we won't get carried away it's a nice little build a nice little uh, progression for us off the back of the first two games and yeah something we're proud of uh, something the coaches should be very proud of in how hard they've worked and, and managed the boys well. But the squad, to be fair, the boys who aren't up here with us, they've yeah. been excellent. Because you've obviously made a lot of changes for this game as well, haven't you? Yeah, we have. And you know, we didn't use the bench at all in that yeah. game there. And you know, that's difficult for the subs. But mm. the squad have been amazing since the Irish game. And they've trained really hard as a group. And they've really pushed each other. So boys who are still at home, not part of the matchday squad. And the subs who didn't get on today. Mm. They've been fantastic and it's something the squad as a whole and, and the coaches should be uh, really pleased with. Ben Carter, Ben Warren, how fantastic does that feel to come away with a win against France? Oh, it's great. I mean, double world champions, you can't ask for more now. Uh, we spoke about the last couple of weeks where looking to right their wrongs. We come out here today and really shown that we are uh, a really nice, tight group. Ben, that uh, line-out seemed to function much better tonight. Yeah, yeah, we've had a lot of time to work on that the, the off week. Um, came, I think came at the right time. To be fair to the boys, you know, we, we controlled what we could control it in, in very bad conditions and um, makes it a lot easier for the caller when, uh, when everyone's the is so good. And how important was it to get that early try? Yeah, I mean, uh, we spoke about it all week and uh, we got a bit of downtime. Just we, we thought we had to put pressure on them. I think we managed it really well. Uh, we think we played in the right areas tonight, uh, kept the pressure on. We had the outcome that we deserved. Yeah, you talked to the so-called local experts. They were predicting that was a 20-point wind in the first half to actually go in ahead. Against the wind, that must have been some achievement for you guys. Yeah, yeah. I think mean, that was the plan. Uh, go against the wind in the first half, and then um, hopefully uh, it would help us out in the second. I think it did, um, and we executed well. And now you guys were under the pump right before half time. How important was it at half time when they had four or five scrums? You went in ahead. Yeah, we spoke about like digging in and, uh, and and working for one another, and I think I really showed tonight. And Ben, what does it feel like to get that win? It's just brilliant. I think. Um, Come on, Phil, you're excited, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, You've no. just beaten the defending, well, current world champions. Yeah, no, it's, it's great, and I think it's great for us forwards, um, and we'll, we'll enjoy it the rest of the week. Yeah. yeah this is good old-fashioned rugby, isn't it? Wind, rain, yes. 54 mile gusts. <laughs> front rowers must enjoy that. Isn't it? It's typical Valley rugby for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. Um, yeah. It's just unbelievable, unbelievable win. Forwards coach Richard Kelly. Richard, you must be pretty pleased as the forwards coach of that performance tonight. Yeah, boys just grafted for each other. Um, real hardening conditions, but across the board, I thought there was a um, big improvement in our performance. Um, and the boys deserve a huge amount of credit for it. 
Would it interest you that um, a couple of former internationals like Ryan Jones were predicting that was a 20-point wind, but you guys actually, against the wind, actually came in ahead. So it uh, shows you how good you guys actually did in that first half. Yeah, and I think you can look at Ellis and Sam and how they managed the game. I thought it was excellent. Some of the defensive shifts in that wind were excellent. And um, yeah, the boys' character really came through. And what about uh, just before half-time when they had a series of scrums, four or five scrums, and you repelled them? How important was that? keep them out because they were obviously going for the jugular and you went in at half time ahead yeah the boys what they did in terms of the front row in terms of um, how they stuck in there and, and as a whole pack um, they were under huge pressure that mm. they kept to their process and they, they came out with a positive result and in the end we actually started coming back at them yeah and it even cost you a yellow card with your hooker coming off but uh, Will Griffiths came on and then you managed to hold him up yeah and I think that's testament to Will as well and he came on in that situation and did a, did a good job Scrum half Ellis Bevan set the team on their way. Alice, congratulations. Your first start, first try, and the first win of the campaign. Doesn't get much better, does it? No, absolutely not. It's obviously a tough start. The first couple of games for us, one here in the Moravian Islands. But I thought we managed conditions really well tonight. Going into the win, first half was always going to be tough. But I thought after we led 7-6, it was all for us to get the win after. Also not the best start to the second half, but... That how we came back just shows the character of the boys in this squad. But how crucial was it just before half time when they were camped on your try line? You kept them out for four or five scrums yeah. and you went in ahead. How important was that? Absolutely, absolutely important. Like that before half time just shows the character of the boys again and keeping them to nothing. I know we've got a card, but keeping them to nothing shows that, that momentum going out favour going into this shed. And how much did you enjoy that try? Come on, be honest. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. The first one for the 20th is always going to be special, but yeah. against the world Theo Bavacqua was right at the heart of it all. Theo, congratulations, it was a great one for you and the boys. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, coming into this game, we looked at the weather conditions and we knew, me personally, as a front five, it was all going to just dogging it out in this weather in the mud, scrums. One thing when we came to the game, we just said take a minute by minute, especially in these conditions, just try and each sat on a positive. I know the boys around us, one minute down on the, on the Simbin, two minutes down on Simbin, just trying to keep their points at bay whilst we had that yellow card and then just build from it when we get our 15 men back on the pitch. At what point did you think you guys could win? I think there was a lot of belief coming into this into this game anyway, from the minute uh, the whistle was blown. I, we had a good two weeks prep. Um, obviously, a lot of the boys were hurting after Ireland. There was a lot of energy in and around camp and I think second we kind of took to the pitch there was a lot of belief um, so I don't think it was a matter of what point in the game I think it was the build that our, our prep gave us that belief before. Because ultimately you've actually beaten a team who have won the world title two years on, on the trot that must give you a huge boost going to the next two games. Yeah definitely uh, a few of the boys are saying that 10 minutes left boys 10 minutes left till we double world champs and I think uh, that just kind of shows the hard work we put into lose two on the bounce come back to home and then uh, beat the double world champs. Um, just shows kind of the hard work we managed to put in in those two weeks. While outside half, Sam Costello steered the ship. Sam, congratulations. That's going to be a fantastic victory for Wales, doesn't it? Yeah, it just shows the effort we put in like the last two weeks. is all about preparing for this test. And uh, fair play to the boys up front. They did a cracking job out there. And uh, yeah, the points kept ticking over and we got the result we wanted. And how important was it to get that good start with you uh, making that break and Alice finishing off under the posts? Our message, we were playing into the wind. So our message was the first half, really. We'll get out of that and then uh, hopefully look into coming to the second half firing. But now, great, great start. We uh, we exited well and uh, now the boys do well. 
the local experts were saying that was a 20-point win in the first half to actually play against it and go in at half-time ahead. That must have been a huge boost for the boys. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, we were camped on the line yeah. and uh, great effort to hold them up and um, now coming back into the change rooms after something like that it does help. So Yeah, how important was it just before half-time? They had five metres out, you kept them at bay. Yeah, as I said, the forwards did a cracking job up front and um, that really helped the platform going into the second half. Give us confidence and we come on fire in second half. Some happy Wales under-20s to finish off there. More build-up to England next week on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. But until then, goodbye.